0: welcome to day 31 of 31 Days of Terror. I made it barely. When I say barely, it's actually the 6th of October as I'm recording this. And, um, well, you know, it wasn't too bad. I'm a couple of days behind schedule, but it wasn't too bad. And I have five lovely stories to finish off our 31 Days of Terror. And before we start them, I just wanted to say that I hope everybody had a lovely October that you watched loads of horror films and had a nice time and that you have a safe and spooky Halloween. And story number one comes from Lewis. My first story is not something I experienced. It's a story that my mum and her mum bring up from time to time. In the late 1960s, my nana worked as a cleaner. She was employed in an old building at the top of Eldersley Street in Glasgow. The building was being used as offices My nana doesn't remember what the company was called, but she does remember that the building had a reputation for being haunted. After the office workers had all gone home, my nana would go in alone and clean all of the rooms. She was entrusted with locking up the building after work. One night, my nana had just finished her shift and was heading out of the building, her mind elsewhere thinking about a sit-down and a cup of tea before bed. On the way to the main exit, you would pass along a dark corridor, leading off at a right angle from the main corridor. On this particular night, as she passed the long dark corridor, my Nana distinctly heard a deep and very formal man's voice say, Good evening. Without thinking, my Nana just replied politely, Oh, good evening. She walked a few paces further, before thinking, Hang on, I thought there was nobody else here she risked a look back down the long, dark corridor. It was completely empty. Nana grabbed her things and bolted the rest of the way to the main door. She says now that it might have just been her mind playing tricks on her, but it still gives her the heebie-jeebies. On another night shift, my Nana had for some reason brought my mum, who was about 10 years old at the time. The place creeped my mum out no end. While Nana was cleaning, mum excused herself and went to the bathroom which was high-ceilinged, tiled, and echoey. In the bathroom cubicle, a deep sense of unease crept over her, and my mum began to whistle to herself to calm her nerves. She whistled the Renaissance tune Greensleeves, which she had been learning on the recorder at school. Mum's whistling trailed off. There was a gap of about a second before she heard someone, or something, whistle the whole tune back to her. There was no way this could be an echo. She had whistled the whole tune, stopped, and then it was whistled back to her. She got up, fled the bathroom, and tore through the various rooms until she found her mum. My story is something that I experienced alongside a friend. It happened in a different time and place, but had some similarities to the last story. About 15 years ago, I attended a night class in my hometown of Falkirk along with my friend Roz. It was a sound engineering night class at a local college. We were in a recording studio in a fairly modern outbuilding on the grounds of the college. As part of our studies, we and our classmates would take turns in the recording booth, playing music on an instrument or singing, while the tutor on the other side of the glass window would talk all the other students through how best to record that particular instrument. The studio seemed very modern and well-equipped, and we were told the recording booth was very well soundproofed. One particular evening, one of our classmates was in the booth playing the guitar into a condenser mic. As I recall, the only recording device switched on in the booth was this one condenser mic, and the guy played into it and didn't notice anything strange at all. The tutor called him back through to the other side of the glass, and pressed a button on the mixing desk to play back the track our classmate had just recorded. At first, the track played normally. Just some pretty sweet guitar playing as expected. A few seconds in, however, my blood ran cold and everyone in the room went pale. Somehow, on the recording, we heard what sounded like a girl or a young woman singing to herself quietly. A seesawing melody, not unlike the whistler melody from other episodes. I couldn't make out what she was singing... It was faint, a bit muffled, but definitely there. The tutor played it back from the start, and sure enough, there she was. Bear in mind that room was soundproofed, so someone singing outside the room or outside the building wouldn't be picked up. We were next to a main road and couldn't hear the traffic noise at all. The tutor tried to rationalise it by saying maybe the mic cable wasn't as well insulated as he thought. Maybe it had picked up a radio signal. But he didn't seem particularly convinced by his own explanation. Was it a prank set up by the tutors to haze the new students? Possibly. But the tutor seemed just as surprised to hear it as we did. After this, we were definitely not tripping over each other to take a turn in the recording booth. Answer number two comes from Annie. I have always experienced ghosts and freaky shit ever since I can remember. I too was on Jim Harold's campfire a few months back, which is where I first heard you, talking about everything in my life leading to now. We have lived in a range of old and new houses throughout England in my youth and experiences in all of them ranging from poltergeists to skinwalkers. Jim Harold's theory was that I had a gin attached to me and I promptly vomited in the back of my teeth. My two children and I now live in Scotland after I grabbed them and ran away from my abusive ex-husband back in 2017. We first lived in an old hospital, our flat being the old maternity ward and the little bungalow behind as the old mortuary for the babies and mothers. We had plenty of exciting activity there, but unfortunately most of the activity was from the arsehole downstairs neighbours who would party all night and rev car engines at 5am, so we moved. We now live in an old bothy in a private farm, which is where I shall tell you about our current situation. Our house used to be the farm worker's bothy, originally three, but split into two. We have the slightly bigger one, which also has the old outhouses and log stores in the back garden. The energy here has always been strong, but unthreatening. It was little things that I noticed at first. The children share a room and have a bunk bed. There is a third bedroom but they're only three and six and like being together. There is a cupboard built into every room with doors on, really large. I have turned mine into a tiny office to give you an idea of the size. And then have a second cupboard equally as deep, but half as tall on top of it. I kept finding the door in my kids' room open at night. I would shut it again. The kids were always asleep, so they didn't notice. I wasn't sure why it would open as there were no drafts in the house and it was actually a real ball egg to open them. I decided to just keep shutting it and pretending nothing scary was there. Then one morning, my son came in and told me he had a nightmare that his cousin, of whom he was really close with, was dragged into the scary cupboard screaming. I asked him about the cupboard and he said, ''It opens at night and it wakes me.'' The poor lad just lies there in the dark terrified.'' During the same time, I noticed that the indoor sensor light would go off, like it does when we trigger it going to the bathroom at night, but there was no one there. My son's cat, cat Catface, I highly recommend that you get a child to name a pet, often sleeps on my bed, and she would sit up and look at the door as the corridor would suddenly light up. I spoke to the house and said it was scaring the kids and that it was not cool. The cupboard door hasn't opened since, but the sensory light still goes off. Last week, something had shifted in the house. There was a solid air of unease. We have recently gone through some pretty horrific police and court stuff with my ex-husband, and the levels I have been pushed to prove the danger the children and I are in and fight for their safety ruined me, so I knew our energy has been high and frightened, and so perhaps that's why this happened. Since I was a child, the entity attached to me has always manifested in front of me until I screamed at it to leave when it went towards my newborn son. But I could see it was back. After getting the kids to bed, I had a bath and then went to bed myself. I was exhausted, the most tired I have ever felt, and I am a single mother of two. Due to being quite an open individual, I go to sleep with friends on the iPad and have discovered that if I lock the screen, the episodes continue to play all night, and Netflix doesn't give you that patronising, are you really still watching this, you sad bastard, message. A few months ago I noticed when I woke that my iPad had been turned off seconds after I had fallen asleep, but I sort of brushed it off. That night I fell asleep almost immediately, but was woken by someone shaking me. There was no one there, but I noticed my iPad was off. I looked at my watch and I had been asleep for about 10 minutes and I had locked the iPad so it shouldn't have turned off. I just turned it back on, locked it and went back to sleep. Another 10 minutes or so and I was awoken again. The same thing. iPad off. Someone had shaken me awake but no one was there. I turned it back on, locked it and went back to sleep. I was then woken by Catface jumping onto my bed and waking me by yowling. This was only 20 minutes later. I could make out a shape standing over me and she was looking at it too. She started swiping at the shape which was now bent over me. I know I needed to react but I cannot express how tired I was. I was barely able to lift my body and kept on falling into a deep lucid dream and was repeatedly woken all night by either cat face or shook awake. There was a storm outside but that couldn't explain the physical shaking or the iPad being switched off at the exact point after I'd fallen asleep. Every time I woke, the figure was looming over me. This continued all night, and when I got up in the morning, I was fucking shattered. I walked to the bathroom and noticed that all of the candles I'd lit for my bath the night before were burning out. I'd forgotten to blow them out. As I mentioned, this situation we are in has been stressful and traumatic. All of my energy goes into making the children feel safe and acting like I'm grand and the usual silly mum who dances like a twat in the kitchen to make them laugh. But the second they're asleep it's been hard to focus and I've been forgetting stuff. I think that whatever the entity is that is attached to me was trying to wake me to get to go to the bathroom and blow out the candles. But I was just so fucking tired. I don't know why it turns off my iPad though, it still does that. I know it's still here, as the indoor sensor light pings on through the night, as though someone is walking past when Catface is curled up with me under the covers. I suppose it'll always be with me, and perhaps it's here to look after me, so I don't mind. Maybe it just doesn't like friends, and wants me to listen to a meditation app. And story number three comes from Panga. For as long as I can remember, to the time I was about 15, I would have the same repeated dream. I would be in a house I grew up in, and there would be a young boy there. He would always appear with his back to me, gesturing for me to follow him. He would lead me through the house, down to the basement, and to another set of stairs. In real life, these stairs didn't exist. The stairs would lead all the way to the top half of the house. Then we would walk back down to the front door where we started. This is when I would ask him to turn around. As he turned to face me, I would always jolt awake. This went on for years until one day my mother and my sister got into a huge argument. My mother was worried about my sister constantly going out and partying. She yelled, "'What if you get pregnant?' My sister replied that she would just get an abortion. That's when my mom started crying and told her that she had gotten an abortion a year after she had my sister. My parents were divorcing and she couldn't handle another child at that time. After that, the dream stopped. I don't know if that dream was my lost sibling reaching out to me. I never even knew about my mom's abortion till the day of the argument. When I was around 21, I had my first child. My then-partner worked the second shift, so he wouldn't come home until midnight. We lived by ourselves in a small one-bedroom apartment, so most nights my son and I would be in bed by the time he got home. I always felt very on edge in that place. During the days, if I was in the bedroom, I would hear someone playing with the dishes in the kitchen. If I was in the living room, I would hear noises in the bedroom, but I would just ignore it. They never really bothered me, and I didn't bother them. I would just simply say, if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. One night I put my son down and laid on my bed. I'm a side sleeper so I was facing the window. All the lights were off and I was laying in the pitch darkness. I closed my eyes and saw it. It was as white as snow and had the deepest ocean blue eyes I've ever seen. I wasn't scared, just unnerved. I pretended to be asleep and turned flat on my back, praying that it would go away. Then there was another one, flat against the ceiling, just hanging there like Spider-Man. Now I was starting to get scared. Then I heard a voice in my mind. Don't be scared. We are here. It didn't make sense, but it just kept saying, don't be scared. We are here. Then I felt it, a chill in the air. And out of the corner of my eye I saw something, blacker than night, approaching my bedroom doorway. I watched it getting closer and closer to entering my room. It was about to cross into my room. I was getting ready to let out a loud scream when the bedroom light turned on. My partner had come home. I didn't sleep that night. I left the lights on. I have never been so scared in my life. I am Mong. We are people from the mountains of places like China, Thailand and Laos. My people have very strong beliefs in the supernatural. Our beliefs are shaman based. Our funerals last for three days and go on for 24 hours. The family is solely responsible for feeding everyone who attends the funeral for 72 hours. I tell you this as background to the story. My partner's grandmother had passed away and we were all at the funeral home. My partner's mother had asked us to go back to the house to grab some more food as we were running low at the funeral home. There had been a big argument, as it was believed that the food had been stolen, hence why the supply had run low. She was very angry, which in turn upset me. I had been bitching the whole way home about it, even as we entered the house. As I approached the steps leading to the garage where the deep freezers were, I was still yelling. Suddenly, I was shoved hard through the door. I caught myself before I landed on my face. I turned around and no one was there. I ran back upstairs to confront whoever pushed me and no one was there. I found my partner and asked him if he had pushed me. He said he didn't. He couldn't have had. He was all the way across the house. No one was anywhere near me. That's when it hit me. I quickly went back to the stairs and said, ''Sorry, Grandma.'' I think she was upset I was yelling and bitching about food during her funeral. And story number four comes from Gemma. My nan passed away about nine months ago peacefully in hospital with her family around her, including me. She was 92 and had had a good and healthy life. Since she passed, I think about her all the time and have some regrets about not visiting her hardly at all in the years before her death. I am a married mother of three and life gets in the way so I try not to feel too guilty about it, but remember all the good times I had as a child with my nan and how much I loved her. As I say, I think about her all the time and last night was no exception. I went to bed at around 10pm as usual with my clingy three-year-old in the middle and my husband, who both fell asleep straight away. I, on the other hand, couldn't get comfortable and was tossing and turning for a while before my nan popped into my head as she often does. For some reason, I started going over her dying moments in my mind and remembered her taking her last breaths. My aunt's crying by her bedside and my nan's grey and gaunt face. Weird, I know, but I suppose it's a part of the grieving process for things to keep playing in your mind. And for me, the quietness of the house when going to bed with no children or drama to deal with is when my mind tends to wander. So after thinking about my nan and wondering if there is a heaven and where she might be... I fell asleep. And that's when the nightmare began. I was lying in a double bed strangely with my older sister asleep lying next to me, which was weird in itself as we had never shared a bed when we were kids, apart from maybe on holiday or at a sleepover. I looked to my right and a beautiful figure of a lady wearing a long white dress stood to the side of the bed. She was glowing and angelic and I instantly knew it was my nan, She began to walk closer to the bed, her face getting closer and closer to mine, that eventually her nose was touching the side of my face. It was then that things changed, and I realised it wasn't my nan, but a grotesque hag with long black straggly hair and a menacing smile on her face, showing her black teeth. I lay there frozen. I was terrified. I screamed, but no sound was coming out. I screamed with every single bit of energy I had, but nothing. Her face was still next to mine and completely silent, but just with the most terrifying smile. Finally, I reached out my hand to my sister and began shaking her arm and she awoke. She asked me what was going on and I just burst into tears and lay there shaking. Instantly, when my sister woke up, the hag was gone. I woke up in my own bed. Everything seemed normal in the room. And somehow, don't ask me how, I managed to go back to sleep. I awoke the next morning as usual to my husband bringing me a cup of coffee before he went to work. I briefly asked him if I had awoken him in the night as I have been known to scream out in my sleep especially if I'm having a bad dream. But he said no that he had had a really good sleep. I didn't go into detail about the dream and he went off to work. So trying to put things into perspective it was just a dream. But what I haven't told you is something that had happened a few days earlier. I was in the kitchen putting dishes away when my three-year-old son ran down the stairs crying his eyes out. My first thought was that he had hurt himself as it was one of those in pain terrified cries. I ran out into the hall and he stood at the bottom of the stairs. He had a terrified look on his face and would not stop crying. I just sat and held him until he calmed down and he was able to talk to me mummy there's a witch on your bed i took him back upstairs and into my bedroom and there was nothing there i told him everything was okay and there was no witch i took him downstairs put on his favorite cartoons and went on with the day strangely thinking about it now i had noticed that my son has been acting odd for a while he will not stay on his own in any room of the house he follows me everywhere and i can't even go to the loo without him there If he is playing downstairs and I nip upstairs, he instantly drops his toys and chases after me. He seems genuinely frightened of being on his own. My husband also used to have sleep paralysis before we met. He lived on his own at the time and the hag would be sitting on his chest and he would be unable to move. He has told me stories of him lying trapped until the sun came up under the weight of the hag. Strangely, when we got together the sleep paralysis stopped and he hasn't had it since. He puts it down to his single-man boozy lifestyle and busy shift work, but it still freaks him out now. So, is there really a hag? Is my son seeing something that I can't? Is it my overactive imagination that created that nightmare because he has seen a witch a few days prior? I don't know, but I can't help thinking it was a demon that tricked me into believing it was my nan because it knows that I think about her all the time and story number five comes from edna my aunt from my paternal side lives with her two daughters and one son within 20 minutes of my home i'm very close to her children i'm an only child to my parents so they are like my older sisters and brother one day when i was visiting them my youngest cousin and i were chatting away since i was very nerdy and a quirky teenager our talk soon drifted towards hauntings and Ouija boards. I never believed in the Ouija board or the paranormal that much. Sure, I was scared of a good horror movie, but not in real life. I was adamantly telling her that ghosts and Bloody Mary were not real, because I had tried to summon Bloody Mary in a rather unconventional way, in the bathroom while brushing my teeth at 5 o'clock in the morning, and she didn't even bother to show up. Upon saying this stupidity, I looked at my sister and she was shocked and she scolded me for doing such a stupid thing. She told me it's not okay to play or deal with things that we cannot comprehend and she shared her own story. It seemed that she and her friends played with the Ouija board and one of the girls asked about her grandmother who passed away recently and the spirit that visited them told them that the grandmother was standing nearby watching over her. Upon hearing this, stopped it immediately hearing this still didn't bother me i obviously didn't believe it i was so sure that one of the girls was pulling a prank on the others but this story stayed with me and i started to think about my bathroom incident then my stomach dropped then i remembered what happened i didn't call out bloody mary three times i said it in my mind as i was brushing my teeth And soon after I said it, I heard a knock on my bathroom door. I didn't think about it that much. I turned the tap off and heard a faint knock again. I opened my bathroom door just to see my dark, empty bedroom. I thought maybe my mother knocked on my door to wake me up. And then I opened my bedroom door just to see that it was still dark outside since it was 5am and my parents were still in their room sleeping. After all this, I shrugged and resumed my morning routine. And I didn't connect it together until after that talk I had with my sister. Did I imagine it? Or maybe Bloody Mary wasn't really interested in me. Maybe she isn't really a morning person. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and thank you so much for listening to all 31 episodes. Thank you to Lewis, Annie, Panga, Gemma and Edna for sending in your stories. And if you want to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to real-life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, real ghost stories podcast.com. And on that note, we shall see you next week.